into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. Folks, we're going to be taking a little bit of a detour this week. Uh, we're not going to talk Stranger Things Season 2. We'll, we'll be talking next week, but this week we have to talk about a pretty big pop culture event, staple. Isn't that right, John? Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, don't let it don't let him fool you, folks. He 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 can't wait to talk about Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. It's Episode Eight, right? The last time I go watch one of these things, that the is theater. a that is a lie. He's gonna he's gonna be there for Episode Nine, whatever that is. Uh, you know, back in J.J. Abrams' hands. So, uh, I, 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 we will definitely, we're going to be talking about that tonight. We're going to, we're going to give our spoiled, spoiler filled review. Uh, I want, I want the episode nine to begin with Finn waking up from his coma and realizing that all of episode eight was just a a dream. (laughs) You want the, 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 was it dynasty? No. What's that? What was that old? show dallas dallas yeah, yeah the old dallas uh season. patrick duffy's in the shower right now <laughs> i thought you were dead <laughs> okay well we're gonna get to that so when we get to the the <laughs> star wars uh review we will tell you and that, that will start the point where if you hadn't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled you can uh go ahead and turn it off come back listen after you watch but we'll talk about some news first so up on the news block, first thing I want to talk about is not, I mean, it's kind of news, but not really news. It's uh, Chris, McK- Chris McKay, the director of the Batman Lego movie, or is it the Lego Batman movie? I don't know which one comes first. Um, he is going, we already know that he's going to be directing the Nightwing movie when that happens at, at DC Warner Brothers. Someone on Twitter uh he someone okay, so a person on Twitter created a picture of Nightwing and Chris McKay went on there and said, Hey, can I retweet this? Is that okay? And another person, not the person that actually drew the picture of Nightwing, said, Only if you tell us when to expect casting info. And he went on to he went on the rest of the way to say, I would expect to be able to tell you more concrete info on our movie's progress around February. So there is some non-news for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and speaking of things that uh, haven't actually happened yet and are just uh, in the wind, as it were. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that except I guess we'll find out something. Yeah, you know, is it, there's nothing really to say about it. I, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of wanted to bring it up just because I'm excited <laughs> about a Nightwing movie. So February. This is completely unrelated to the Teen Titans show? Or yes, the Titans? completely unrelated to the Titans show. 
That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now, is it going to be related to the DCEU? That is a good question. I would say at this point, no. I don't think that there's going to be a connected universe amongst the DC movies anymore. I, but you know what? I have no idea. You know, <laughs> because they, the Aquaman's still going to be part of the DCEU. Wonder Woman two will be. Flashpoint apparently will if they do if they ever get around to making that movie. But one of the potential Joker movies won't be. But one of the potential Joker movies won't be the Batman movie with Matt Reeves directing is supposedly not going to be. Might not be. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they are really banking on this Flashpoint movie just resetting the universe and being like, hey, from this point on, everything is going to be different. Yeah, it'll be the first time that Flashpoint does something good for a change. Oh, that would be that's true. That's that's true. <laughs> Cuz in the TV show version of it, it it wasn't any good. It was terrible. The fact that you know, I would have to say this, in the comic books, I liked the event of Flashpoint. Like it was a cool event, but the fact that we got New 52 out of it afterwards pissed me off. Mm, there you go. And then the the animated movie that they had, the Flashpoint Paradox, that was a good movie. It was a good adaptation of it, but it's still we what we get out of it afterwards kind of yeah. still pisses me off. Uh, did you have a story? Uh, yeah, uh, one of our favorite screenwriters and just all around goofy personalities, Max <laughs> Landis, has finished his first draft of the American Werewolf in London remake. Which I think is interesting that he even really had to do much work on it. I mean, if assuming he's directing the movie, couldn't he just take the original script and direct that rather than have to rewrite it? Well, I would have to assume there's going to be... you know, One thing I have to say, I, I do enjoy Max Landis' movies. I love the way that he plays with tropes. I love the way that he uh, modernizes things. Like I, I, I dug his Victor Frankenstein movie. I, I know a lot of people didn't, but I really did. Uh, his American Ultra movie I thought was really cool because it played with the whole spy trope of movies that oh, usually Jason Bourne amnesia thing. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But like, I assume he's gonna modernize uh, American Werewolf in London. You know, there's gonna be different things that are or things that are gonna be changed so that uh, he gets his spin on it. Now, I think the, the you know obviously one of the biggest controversies selling points uh stigmas about this this movie his movie his version of the movie is because he is the son of john landis the original director of american london american werewolf in london yep and i think a lot of people are going to hold it up to that standard for that specific reason so oh yeah in some respect it's kind of ballsy that he's doing that very because he's been vocal about saying that you know just because he's his father's son that he's a different person but yet here he is repeating what his father did yeah so, but you know something edible there i don't i just can't <laughs> i did did you see the tweet that he, he put out when he finished that first draft he said uh it, it, sorry it's taken me so long to to finish this draft but the the weight of my father's expectations kept closing the laptop on me <laughs> or something it was something like that I, yeah i mean and i could definitely see that yeah so that's uh you know i i'm excited for it just to see what he does with it yeah and i bet you the biggest change we'll notice is that they have cell phones that don't work in the moors probably <laughs> uh, that's gonna be a big change i mean because you got but then again maybe he might just keep it in the 80s or 70s i don't know when that movie was, takes place it was like 1981 or something like that. okay fair enough uh i love that movie so much though that's the thing it's like you know what we're going to have to, like, and I know it's not October, it won't be around October, but we'll be finishing up with uh, Stranger Things and then Black Mirror. 
we're gonna have a long time between before there's Westworld or uh, Game of Thrones come back or you know something else. Maybe we'll find something else. But maybe we should do like the month of March where we just do like four horror movies because you're such a big horror fan and I mm-hmm. am not. And you can pick these movies that you want me to watch because like I think I've watched American Werewolf in London maybe once. I don't know if I've even seen the whole thing. Wow. Uh, I do know that when I watched uh, Tom Cruise's Mummy, I was like, I know this is a lot like American Werewolf in London because he's got the buddy that's a ghost and he's oh, talking yeah. to him and I've stuff like that. I've heard about that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so maybe we'll have to do that. We'll have to pick like like just a handful of horror movies that you really enjoy and you want me to watch. Because I know you've always wanted me to watch The Prophecy. Well, that's right, yeah. yeah and you, uh, so American I've always Werewolf wanted in London. you to watch uh, Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps is another one you bring up. Didn't and you bring also Night of the Demons? Dino of the Demons is another one, yes. Okay. Yeah. So. I think part two is the better one out of those two. Have you ever seen the house movies? Yes, I love the house movies. Yeah. I, I've only seen one and two, though. I've never seen oh. three and four. Okay. Which they, four doesn't even go by house four. It has like an alternate title. Yeah, it's something else. It's yeah. like The Guest or something like that. It's a weird one. <laughs> I love the first house movie. Yes, that I would, do too. That always and the second me one was so bizarre. Because it's, it, it's like a comedy instead of a horror. It, or it's see, like a comedy horror. And that's the thing. I That's the... the, the the genre that I miss the most from the 80s is how well they were able to incorporate genuine horror with comedy. And that's what I feel that American Werewolf in London was. It was a really well-made horror comedy. Really? I think so, yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of comedy between the interactions of uh, the main guy with his zombie friend. Okay. Um, you know, and the fact that he just keeps decaying more and more, but he's taking it so like lightly. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't look like I used to, do I? You know, it's like messing with his friend. <laughs> Um, I do have to say, I've watched uh, American Werewolf in Paris a few times, and I I know the only reason I watched that is because I was a fan of Tom Everett Scott, like, just, just, I thought that'd be... I was going to say, because Julie Delpy's, like, boobs, but... (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and I can tell you, I I think I've only seen it, like, twice, but that's, that was back then. I don't think I could tell you anything about that movie now. Um, What I hated the most about that movie is that there was a cult of werewolves who figure out how to trigger their werewolfism. And they wasted that on just a rave. Oh, I'm like, hey, really? Va- vampires have blood raves in, bl- in Blade. It works in Blade, though. Oh, okay. That, I mean, you can you can believe that there's an underground society that organizes these things. <laughs> this was just a really bad put together, like Eastern European, like rave that just, oh, I, I, I. It just makes you sick me. right now. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, don't 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 get too worked up about it uh we'll, we'll we'll have to do that then we'll, let's 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 think of, we'll talk about that more off 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 air um cool uh max landis excited to see what he does with it definitely speaking of uh remakes there's the crow the crow i believe it's being called the crow reborn at this moment uh the director or Sony has come out and said that filming will start in February and that they are going to be filming in Budapest. So, uh, I think the biggest controversy around this is that, you know, you have the original director, Alex Proyas, uh, coming out and saying that they really shouldn't be making this movie. Uh, I remember when we went to Tucson comic con, Ernie Hudson was up there and really said that they shouldn't be making this movie too. Because they both feel it's uh, it's Brandon Lee's movie, and you know he sh- you know they really shouldn't be making it, you know without him. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I've kind of if if you follow us on Facebook, you you seen I I've kind of went in there and 
I put my two cents in. I think that a lot of people remember that movie with with uh, and I even said it this way. I said that they remember that movie with the uh, rose tinted glasses. The Crow is very much a property that's a a product of that time, the '90s, where everything needed to be super dark and violent, and you know, wrapped in this kind of blood cult stuff. You know, it was designed in such a way that it looks like a black and white movie. Yeah, and and yes. It's. I think the popularity and cult status of that movie came because of the tragedy that happened on set. But if that hadn't happened, I don't think that movie would have... I love that movie. Don't get me wrong. I've watched mm-hmm. that movie several times. I watch it once a year just because I like watching it. But I don't think that it's as good as people really make it out to be. Does yeah, that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. I feel the same way about a lot of movies I like. And I also look back fondly at the crow because it was a time and a place that it encapsulates yeah i remember where i was when i watched it and how i felt and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. it brings back those memories so there's a lot of nostalgia with it uh was it a a good movie not really no it's it's nothing it it was a it was a b movie it it definitely is it's i mean look at brandon lee's career up until that movie you had rapid fire yeah. Showdown in Little Tokyo, yeah. and I think he had like one other movie that I couldn't even tell you what the title is. But like he's he's not a great actor. He's not he's not even the caliber of actor that his father was. No, yeah, absolutely. He was, and I mean it's kind of and he's not even he's not even the a martial artist up to the point of his father was. Oh, absolutely. But I'm I'm not trying to knock him. He's he was much better than I ever would have been or <laughs> ever you know am you know. So yeah. I just I'm just saying. It's not a great movie. The James Obar, the creator, the one who created them for the comic book, uh, he's excited about the movie. Maybe it's because he's going to get more money from it, but hey, it's his property. You know, that's a remake where I could see them doing a female crow. Yeah. Just to shake it up. Uh, why not? Yeah. But Jason Momoa is playing it this time around. Well, yeah. That's, that's going to be a big crow. That's a big crow. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to say about the crow? Um, there was something I had in mind now that I can't remember where. It, oh yeah, yeah, the title "Reborn" bothers me because the original was the crow, and then you have Crow City of Angels, right? Then, then crow, salvation. crow Salvation, and then the fourth one was Resurrection. I think it was Resurrection. I think Resurrection should have been like the good one. And they wasted it on the fourth one with, I think, Edward Furlong. The fourth one was Edward Furlong as the crow. And David Boreanaz is the bad guy. Yeesh. Yeah, so. (laughs) And then they had the TV show. There was The Crow Stairway to Heaven, which was Marco Cascos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought the show was better than the last two movies. The show was actually really close to what the comic book was. Yeah. Like a a closer adaptation. But, uh, yeah, The Crow Reborn... I feel like that's trying too much to acknowledge that, yeah, this other stuff happened and this is like the new version. It should just be The Crow. I mean, if you know the story of The Crow, you're kind of already, you're already implying Reborn, so you don't yeah. really need... I mean, or Resurrection. Or Resurrection, really. yeah. yeah. So I mean, maybe that, that could just be the title right now. You know, they or might they just tie it, it in and say that, you know, Lazarus was the first crow. <sighs> Ooh, like, that's, that would be pretty That's not bad. <laughs> Or maybe then, Jesus himself is the first crow. There you go. <laughs> well, no, Jesus himself is the crow. Oh. He's the one that brings back the dead. Okay. Wow, that took a turn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you had another story. <laughs> uh, yes, I did. What was my other story? Um, 
you know, I totally got derailed based on that little crow rant. <laughs> What's your next story? Next, See if it comes back to me. The thing I, I am, I'm super excited about it, even though I know it's probably going to fail, is NVC is developing the IT crowd as a uh, 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 remake to the original series once again for, for the American audiences. Now, uh, I don't think a lot of... I, a lot of people might not even know about the IT crowd, a British TV series about... Two guys who, uh, two guys and a, a lady that work in the IT department of a big corporate firm. Um, very humorous in the fact that it, you know, hey, these these guys are nerds and people don't appreciate them. Um, the uh, NBC tried making that into a TV show f- a while ago, uh, back before Community, because Joe McHale was going to play the Roy character. And uh, they are bringing the actor Richard Iowade over to to reprise his role as as Maurice Moss. Um, there was two other people that were going to be playing the roles of uh, the female boss and then the the main boss Renum, but uh, it never got past the pilot. They filmed the pilot, never got to air. Uh, obviously, Joel McHale went on to do Community, and everybody else went to go do the things that they needed to do. But they're going to be making... Now, IT Crowd has been off the air from the BBC for a few years now. So, uh, I more than five, I know that. It's like 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. That that might have been it. But, uh, yeah, they're if they're going to be developing a, the, the show for American audiences again, I'm, I'm excited to see what it is. Like, obviously, I don't know if the nerd thing can really work because nerd, nerd chic is quite a thing now. Like, but... Who knows? Just having them being, you know, introverts that can't deal with uh, social situations could be enough. Yeah, these are the uber nerds. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what they were. It's kind of what the Big Bang Theory started out as. Obviously, now the Big Bang Theory is a TV show. It's more about uh, couples than anything else in relationships and building families. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not quite what it was when it started out, but. Who knows? I, I'm excited. Did you watch the IT crowd? Uh, I didn't watch full episodes. I remember seeing lots of clips because it became like a very memeable series. It is a very me. It's got a lot of memorable lines. Like pretty much, I love that anytime something weird happens in sports, someone always breaks out the IT crowd meme of, "Did you see that ludicrous display last night?" <laughs> like it's, it's just a really great, uh, great part of the show. Yeah, my favorite was about uh, not wanting to deal with people. Which is like half the show. <laughs> yes, exactly. People are bastards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the uh, IT IT department. Have you tried turning it off and on again? You know. That's... Yeah. All those tried and true. Now that kind of stuff's getting kind of old now. But if they bring up some new stuff in it, maybe make jokes about net neutrality and how you can't watch porn anymore, like the good old days. <laughs> you know, reminiscing about stuff like that. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I imagine. That, I, I hope they would have some good writers bring. bring bring in to make updated jokes um last story i want to talk about obviously the big story in our realm the disney century 20 21st century fox deal went through we have uh you heard it here first folks no yeah (laughs) you didn't hear it here first but for 52.4 billion dollars disney now owns the tv movie intellectual properties that fox did you know, this makes me wonder, is there anything Disney can't buy? Can they buy your love? Yeah. Oh, f- fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would assume. I mean, that is a big 
that is a huge conglomerate business corporation, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, they can they can afford it, man. I mean, they got they got the money, so they got them deep mouse pockets, you know. And I, I was listening to Mark Bernardin on the Batman, the Kevin Smith Batman, Fat Man on Batman podcast, and he was bringing up a good point. Like I'm I'm all for it. Like I, but I guess that's for selfish reasons. I want to see the X Men and the, the Avengers, you know, fight or or be in a movie together, but. Uh, he was he's was talking about you know like as a writer as a screenwriter, you used to have six companies that you could take your screen your screenplay to. Now you can only bring it to five, and uh, all the people that have jobs at the TV studios and animation studios and you know all that stuff that Fox had, Disney's not going to be like oh well, we're going to keep those companies because we have those companies already. So all those jobs are gone. It's like well that does suck. I feel really, really awkward for The Simpsons right now. You think so? I feel like The Simpsons has always taken pot shots at Disney. Yeah, well, they've always taken pot shots at Fox, too. And, yeah, but they've always joked around how Disney's going to own everything someday. And they even had episodes where somebody was showing there's a a billboard for Fox Studios and it says a division of Disney. Right, yeah. (laughs) And even, like, I think the, the best pot shot they've ever taken was in The Simpsons movie where Bart Simpson puts a bra on his head and does a Mickey Mouse voice and says, I'm the mascot for an evil corporation. I think I think that you have to just let Simpsons be what it is, the fact that it, it makes fun of... Hey, maybe they'll finally get canceled. <laughs> it may, maybe. That, I mean, I think that would be terrible on Disney because it's just money. It's just they, the show is still popular. Ironically enough, it is still popular. I feel (laughs) like it's gone way past its prime. I can honestly say, I don't think I've watched a new episode of The Simpsons in maybe 10 years. Oh, I still watch every Sunday. I don't. Every every new episode I watch. I I think the show's still great. I think the the ideas are still good. I think that the the way that they make the, the, the writing is still... The only thing I really miss is the Halloween episodes for some reason, but all the other regular ones, I feel like I kind of like, I've watched a good amount of episodes. I probably not. I feel like I'm not missing anything. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I I had my feel, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, and I I just, obviously they, they're going to, they're going to cut out the things that aren't working that, but I would imagine Fox already cuts out the things that aren't working. Hey, maybe this, they went in and brought life back into star Wars, right? Yeah. What if they bring life back into Firefly? I was thinking about this. I was like, what if they try to make amends with Joss Whedon and say, hey, we're sorry that Avengers 2, you know. Didn't work out the way that you you wanted it to. Yeah, made you quick Twitter and, you know, like question your life. Here's Firefly's rights. Do what they, what you will. Yeah, why? That could be a thing. That I mean, could happen in Tomorrowland. They could have like Firefly Island or something, and you know, have a full size Firefly. No, and... you take Frontierland and you you make it Firefly Day Land <laughs> for a day or you know a week or whatever. Have Brown Coat Day. Yeah, awesome. yeah. exactly, dude. See, oh, see? I hope it could becomes a Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> so look. uh I I'm okay with it. I, I I'm not that I have anything to do with say or whatnot, but apparently Congress has come out and they're they're also saying, hey, we got to take a look at this deal. Maybe this isn't right. Maybe you guys are going to have way too much power and we can't have that. <coughs> the neutrality. <coughs> yeah. Well, apparently they they don't feel that way on the other on the other side. <laughs> uh, I I gotta imagine that Disney's got more money than than. Uh, 
the government at this point? No. Well, I was going to say the pe- Verizon and and Cox and uh, Comcast and all those people that are, you know, trying to get net neutrality taken away. Disney's got to be able to be like grease the right palms too, right? Yeah, I'm sure they're able to, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't. I really don't see it not going off. I could see that going two different ways. I could see Disney offering some of those senators lifetime passes for them and their children to Disneyland and get into like Club 33, you know, like the that little super exclusive I mean, club. I'm, I'm sure those people already have those Perhaps. memberships. Or it could turn it in like a dark way and be like, you guys will never get into Disney ever again. <laughs> like they have the power. They can be like real generous with it or they can be total dicks about it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, all right. Was there any other news that you wanted to talk about? Uh, not so much news, but you have any speculations now that it is a done deal? What's going to happen? I believe that Hugh Jackman has said that it's uh, definitely not going to affect him in any way. He's done with Wolverine, so he, should there be a cameo, it won't be him. Look, he's yes, he has said that I'm done with Wolverine. That ship has sailed. You know, I'm good. I don't need to come back. However, as we saw with the the money truck backing up to Johnny Depp's door and he him doing three more pirate movies when I, no one really wants them. Uh, if the money's right, Hugh Jackman's going to be like, sure, I'll work out some more and be Wolverine again. Why wouldn't he? Or they could just CGI the abs on him this time around. Uh, or they could just CGI the abs on him. I don't think he'd, he'd allow that, but it could happen. Now, here's my question. Do you think we're now going to have finally comic accurate costumes for characters like the x-men uh yeah i think if 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 they if if those movies end up happening and i don't see why they wouldn't yes i think we would i you know i you know why not we almost had a a comic accurate wolverine suit and the wolverine (laughs) the wolverine uh yeah wasn't it like a deleted scene so it was a deleted scene you yeah. have to see that on the dvd or like youtube it to yeah even see that mm-hmm. i did like how it looked tactical i just didn't understand like see here's my problem because i know that a lot of fanboys have always hated that we don't get com- comic accurate costumes in movies and i felt that it was for practical reasons with the first x-men um you well, know but it joke. wasn't though it was more of a well, I mean, it kind of was comic accurate because at the time, new new X Men was out, and they were like, "We want to make Matrix looking suits in the comic books because Matrix is a big thing." So, but people were clamoring for like the animated version of well, suits yeah, with, of like, course, the blue and yellow mm-hmm. is primary, and I have always said to people who just can't see reason that some things don't translate well to screen. The, you're absolutely right; some things don't. However. Take a look at the, what we have gotten now. We've gotten uh, an Iron Man suit. Iron Man suits, for no reason, that shouldn't... I don't think that should translate over, but it did. Actually, I kind of feel like that one does. Because <laughs> the... Well, if you remember the whole reason for the suit going from being just steel color to like kind of gold, was because that somehow prevents icing. But he also said, hey, put some hot rod red on it. Mm-hmm. And that justified it. You know, he's a fan of muscle cars, and mm-hmm. it kind of looked like one of the cars he was working on at the time. Okay. And so that kind of it fits into the overall narrative. There is no reason why you would have an orange and black or orange and blue Wolverine outfit with those crazy ears on it 
or whatever those fins are on his head. I've never understood what they were. Only that as a 1960s comic book character, that was just an original design. And it was meant for kids. So who would question it? But how can you justify that in the real world? Yeah, well, um, I would say that you could put that those are radio receivers on his head for ears. You know, the I don't know, the yellow and blue. Why? Who cares? It's not like Wolverine sneaks around. True. But then what's the point of that? Why wouldn't it be any, like, why wouldn't it just be all black or camouflage or just anything else <laughs> other than specifically yellow and brown or because that was the team's colors so you get it you got a match i guess that's true yeah, you got me there <laughs> why do why do the yankees wear pinstripes that is a good point you wouldn't be wearing that on the street <laughs> uh i don't know you're you're right yes you're absolutely right there's there's absolutely no there's no tactical reason why Wonder Woman would go onto the the field in a bikini to fight people shooting guns at her, shooting bullets at her. I'm sorry, you don't shoot guns at people, you shoot bullets well, at her. Well, that was her holy armor. But see <laughs> But see, it's just they gave her a leather skirt to put it on top. I mean, why is her suit red, white and blue? It doesn't make any sense because that's America. That's not the, the mascara, but we still got it. This is true. And that's the thing that kind of sucks is that where you have to kind of, in some cases like that, you have to retroactively figure out a reason why it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, why does Superman have an S on his chest? Because he's Superman. I was like, well, no, actually, in Kryptonian language, that symbol is a snake that stands for wisdom, or now it's hope. Now it it's used hope, to be yeah. wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> and the, the, the diamond shape around it, well, that's just a crest. Oh, but that's because their planet is actually crystals. So that represents a diamond, which is like the five points of blah. I mean, like, yeah, you have sometimes you have to over sophisticate things to justify it for an older crowd when there was really no thought put into it. It was for kids. Yeah. So I, I understand why it was what it was at the time. But if you're going to adapt it to a different medium, it has to make sense. And a yellow suit with crazy fins on the head that only cover like your cheekbones and eyes it's like, I mean, he's not hiding his identity. But then you look, look, look at Hawkeye. They didn't give him a, a comic back accurate suit. They just, and they don't even give him a mask. He doesn't even he doesn't he doesn't hide his identity. Exactly. That's that's what I'm trying to get to. Is that a lot of things in comics? I mean, they're products of their time. Obviously. I mean, we got the Justice League. They're called Justice League because they went after criminals, petty crooks. They they. We're a team that, okay, you guys patrol this side, you guys go over here. Now they're still called the Justice League, but they're fighting an interdimensional alien overlord. He's not going to bring him to justice. <laughs> like, they, they either have to kill him or like kind of figure out a way to send him back home, which they do, kind of by letting him get killed by his own minions. <laughs> but they're called the Justice League because that, at the time, that was just... What was popular? Look, truth, justice. In to the me, way. to me, Wolverine. His comic accurate outfit is just a t-shirt, jeans, and a cowboy hat. Like that. To me, that's more more accurate than wearing the the red, the yellow, and blue suit and a big belt buckle and a big belt buckle. The more important thing for me for Wolverine is the fact that he should be short. Just because you can get the whole he's a runt uh, comments in there 
people can you you can have bigger guys walk up to him and be like, "What are you gonna do about it?" Because they don't know that he's Wolverine and stuff like that. Like, do you lose that with six two Hugh Jackman, who's also a fucking Mack truck sized <laughs> bastard because he does weightlifting with with uh fucking chains around its neck, you know. The dude was huge in the last last Wolverine movie. Yes, he was. Okay, maybe not the last Wolverine movie, but the well, last movie before. I would Wol- say he was the Logan. biggest in the the Wolverine. The Wolverine, yeah. So, the Wolverine. All right, all right. Are we done? Are we done talking about that? Can we can we talk about the Last Jedi now? Yeah, let's get into that piece of uh, shit. <laughs> all right. So, like we said, there's going to be spoilers if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, pause it. Go watch it. Come back. Listen to us. Or don't watch it. Don't watch Either it. Way. Just listen to us talk about it. That's yeah. fine. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, neither one of us really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I'd like to see, You know what? Here's the really sad part of this whole thing. Friday night, I had made... Well, I had already made the plans to go watch this movie. I was still hopeful. Early reviews were, like, really, really glowing. So I was like, okay, cool. I, like, I, was, I, was, I had tempered expectations. But I was also at a work party. And we were playing Cards Against Humanity. And it was getting really good. It was getting really fun. Uh, drinks were being had. And I had to cut the party short so that I could go watch this movie. I wish I would have stayed at the party. <laughs> uh, that's how much I dislike this movie. It wasn't even worth leaving a game of Cards Against Humanity. So let, let's, 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 set, let's uh, get a little backstory. Like me, I'm never, I've never been a big Star Wars fan. I think Rogue One is probably my favorite out of all of them. Uh, I actually enjoyed Attack of the Clones. I know a lot of people puts that put that down there as a as a one. Obviously, Empire Strikes Back is probably my favorite. It's 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 right up there. Uh, or did I just say Rogue One is my favorite? You said Rogue One, yeah. Okay, well, between Empire and Rogue One, uh, I wasn't excited about this movie. I wouldn't sell it because it's a big piece of pop culture right now. I don't know if Star Wars movies are going to be a big piece of pop culture anymore because the way that they, they've said they're going to be making them until the end of time. But who knows? You know, People are going to go watch it. People love Star Wars. Uh, so I didn't have high expectations going in. Did you have high expectations going in, John? All I wanted was payoff to what was set up in the previous movie and the promise of something better. For the for, for the nine. next one, okay, you know, give you a reason to come back, and then make you excited for what's still to come. I feel like this let me down in that respect. I feel like there was a lot of points in this movie that I was like the only person laughing in the <laughs> studio or in the studio in the theater, and the guy sitting next to me who didn't know me, it wasn't one of my friends, was probably pretty upset about the whole thing. He's like, <laughs> why is this guy just cackling for no reason whatsoever? You were probably just twisting the knife even more with your laughing. Maybe. Maybe I was. No, I laughed at several points throughout this movie, and I hated myself for it. <laughs> I'm like, this, sh- this shouldn't be funny. Well, it's so surface level. Yeah, you know, and I'm not talking about the parts where they obviously wanted laughs. I'm talking about just like i can't believe they did this and this is what you know is being shown like i was laughing at that yeah there was a lot of that too yeah so uh i we're good we're definitely gonna throw out spoilers but i don't know how deep we're gonna get into the movie um i don't think we're gonna do a turn by turn summary but we're definitely gonna hit the high points let me ask you this director ryan johnson what do you think of his former movies like uh brick is one of my favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. uh Looper, I really wanted to enjoy that movie, but I really felt like it fell short in mm-hmm. a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, I think The Lookout is also his, which also has... Um, 
Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon yeah, which I enjoyed. I thought that was a good kind of uh, crime noir movie along the same lines as Brick. Yeah, I really enjoyed Brick, and I enjoyed 90% of Looper. Mm-hmm. I think it was the ending that really kind of ruined it for me. It's, uh, I like the concept. I like the look of it, the technology. Mm-hmm. The effects were really well integrated. The, the world that it built was really well done. Um, I just felt like it, it it fell short a little bit with the resolution at the end. Um, because ultimately, we don't know what's what happened other than they closed the loop. It erased the paradox. But then what? You know, it's it's. It felt like they needed to end the movie in what seemed like the most logical way. And they did, but it still kind of was like, well, but then what? So I was a little disappointed with that. I haven't seen The Lookout. That being said, I feel like Ryan, Ryan, I keep saying that Ryan Johnson is a competent director. He knows what he's doing. Oh yeah. I feel like the real problem here is the Disneyfication of the story. See, I can't, I can't sit here and blame it on Disney. Like, I feel like it. There's... I want to say they applied the Marvel formula to this. This <sighs> felt more like a Marvel movie. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll let you. I'll <laughs> let you say that. Um, I just think that you have the one person that's in charge of, of star Wars movies and, uh, she puts it out to a committee, a committee of, you know, people saying what should be and what should not be in these star Wars movies. And they aren't letting the directors do what they should be doing. Like, I think we saw that obviously the most prominently with, uh, what happened with, uh, the Han Solo movie with Lord and Miller, Lord and Miller getting kicked off. Uh, what happened with, um, Gareth Edwards in Rogue One? Gareth Evans? Gareth Edwards? Gareth? I don't know. I don't remember. Gareth Edwards, I believe. I don't remember what his name is. Um, But, yeah, you know, there's the... Obviously, there's the version of his movie that was made, and then we saw the trailers for, and then there's the version of the movie that we got, which (laughs) is very different. Like, key scenes were very changed. Yeah. Uh, So, I don't know. It's... I think... I think that committee kind of just says, like, well, these are the things that everybody said was really cool in Force Awakens, so let's go and amp up some of that. These are the things that are really great from the original trilogy. Let's amp up that. And these are the things that we set up for potential resolution and payoff. Let's forget those completely. And I think that's that's part of it, too. It's like, well, no one was talking about those things, or at least not to the way that they wanted. My... Uh, I had a conversation. I, okay, so after the movie was over, I went to a 10 30 showing, and the movie was over at 1. Mm-hmm. As soon as it was over, a friend of mine texted me and was like, did you see it yet? I said, yes. We then proceeded to talk until 4 in the morning Yikes! about this. <laughs> and his theory is that J.J. Abrams is a liar, which I know he is, um, and they don't have a plan for the trilogy. They have, I think they might have an overall backbone, but they're doing each movie as it comes because it really feels like with all the plots that they had dangling in the previous movie, they just decided, okay, let's let's write part two of this new trilogy now. All right, let's see. What do we have? Who are the Knights of Ren? Eh, let's not worry about it. Uh, who is Snoke? You know what? Let's just kill him off. Yeah. Uh, is Phasma still alive? I don't know. Let's bring her back and kill her for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, did we figure out whose race parents were? 
No? All right. Well, let's just say it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, like... Yes, those are all. Yeah, those are all the things from Force Awakens that were left out there for for fans, and not. And then they instead they decided to just go more into the the nostalgia of hey, things from the original trilogy, as opposed to like that's what Force Awakens was supposed to be, you know, or at least that's what to me that's what it was. I'm not the big fan of Force Awakens, but it's like hey, here's all the nostalgia, but here are the things that we're setting up for this new story, so. That's where we should have went with this one. Is like, hey, let's build off the new stuff. But they didn't, and and that's why you have fucking all these scenes with Leia. It's like I get it. It's Carrie Fisher. It's her last movie. We love her, but her story is done. And they really like missed the opportunity to give her a, a hero send off twice. Twice. So and okay, that's my biggest one of my biggest problems with this movie. First. I don't know, 10 minutes of the movie, we see Leia die. And then she man-steals herself and back th- into the And then, yeah, ship. she brings her herself right back in because space doesn't matter anymore. She has the Force, able to will herself back to the door, which, do we even see her use the Force at all in the original trilogy? Only once. And that is when, in Empire Strikes Back, when Luke is hanging on the bottom of Cloud City... And he's, he reaches out to her using the Force, and she hears him. So she makes Chewie and Lando turn the Falcon back around. They find him hanging there. But that, that's the talk. Like, she has not been trained at all, and yet oh, she's no, able no. to save herself. Like, to me, that was that, at that point, when she saves herself, that's like, there's no stakes. None of the important characters that you care about are going to die, so you don't have to worry about that at all oh, throughout this whole movie. Admiral Akbar. They do care, kill Admiral <laughs> Akbar, and oh my god, that, well, what and, what chain of events that set off? And that was one of the worst things about this movie too. You, it's a chase movie. Now, I applaud them. Like a lot of people will say, well, at least they did something different, and they did. There were some things I liked about this movie. I didn't hate it completely. In fact, I wouldn't even say I hated it at all. I wouldn't say I hated this I movie either. I was just very disappointed. I was bored. I honestly, I would say that I was bored throughout this whole movie, just because I was like, well, there's I, nothing matters. It, none of it is is important. Like, none of this movie is important. It- now, see, I liked that the the movie basically picks up right where the last one left off, which is the first time that's happened in a Star Wars movie. Usually there's at least a couple of years time jump between movies. This is literally, like, the next day. Um, the next minute, because you see Ray up there on the hilltop. Yeah, with, she's, with like, arriving in, there, yeah. which we'll get to that in a little bit. But <laughs> So... This, they're cel- like the, they were just celebrating the victory of destroying Starkiller Base, but this instead brings the ire of the First Order, and like all of their ships come after the Rebel, or not even the Rebels, the Resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are not Rebels. The the Resistance is technically the status quo at this point, but now it's like there's only a handful of them, and by the end of the movie, there's only like six people left of the whole Resistance. Yep. Going so far as to say nobody wants to come and help us. We're all on our own here. And like as the movie goes on, their resistance people are just getting picked off one by one. <sighs> I mean, you you lose a huge chunk in the beginning to when they're trying to make their big escape, and then as they go along, they're running out of fuel. The ships start to like lag behind. They get blown up like it's nothing. And it's just like wow. It's like we're watching a snuff film within <laughs> Star Wars. Like it's essentially Rogue One all over again. We're like, well, don't get too attached to anybody you see because they might not make it. Yeah. And um, I just felt like, what exactly is the point? Like, 
how many people are we truly dealing with here? The the first order was supposed to be the remnants of the empire, and they were supposed to be pretty small. They were supposed to be essentially the rebels because they're rebelling against the new republic. But instead, they're just as strong, if not more powerful, than the Empire seems to be. They have way bigger ships than the Empire ever had. I mean, they have a Star Destroyer-looking thing that was, like, bigger than their entire fleet put together. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this the outlier? (laughs) How is this military group having any kind of trouble against the old or the new Republic at this point? I'm like... If you have to buy a companion like source book or encyclopedia to go along with the movie, which they release for every movie, mm-hmm. just to make sense of it, then this movie is failing as a movie. And I think that's the biggest detriment to it is that it's it's not a cohesive like I wasn't expecting a standalone movie because it's the middle chapter of a trilogy, but it does need to hold up on its own. And any supplemental information should be a bonus. You shouldn't have to go read the like 500 page plus adaptation of the screenplay novelization to make heads or tails of this. And this feels like that's what needs to happen. Like this movie is two and a half hours long. It's the longest Star Wars movie so far. And I felt every minute of it. And it, from what I've heard, they had to cut it down to that amount. There was still so much more. And there was so much wasted time, too. We'll get to this section as well. But I felt like they could have cut out the entire casino sequence. It was terrible. It was reductive. It was unnecessary. And it was kind of ludicrous. And then it it pans out to nothing. Yeah. Because they don't get the code breaker. They don't get the. They don't even get into the room that they need. To, well, they get into the room, but they yeah. get captured right at, right as they're getting in there. They don't accomplish what the whole point of that thing was for. So uh, they could have literally just gone from their ship onto the other ship and then get caught. That's because that's all that ends up happening. Yeah, but no, we had to have the little uh, side quest to the casino planet where they have some strange political. There uh, was a lot commentary. of commentary. Yeah, I mean, yes, child labor is bad. Yes, animal cruelty is bad. We get it. But did we need it to be said in a Star Wars movie? And then mentioning that the best uh, business during war is selling weapons. And they mention, oh, it looks like these guys sell weapons to both sides. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I go to these movies to avoid real news. I don't need to be seeing Iran-Contra on Star Wars. These are the things that I hate, too, in real life. I just don't... was not expecting it in the middle of a Star Wars movie and so blatant. Like, learn to be subtle. Yeah, and there is no subtlety. There's none the whatsoever. Worst Everything thing is about subtle. This movie. You said it you said it earlier. Everything's surface in this movie. Nothing I think is subtle. I, I don't think I could have rolled my eyes any harder than when they're on the like Hoth two planet and it looks like it's covered in snow. I mean, because that's what it looks like. You know, it looks like Hoth two But then you have a scene where a trooper like rubs his hand on the ground, licks it, and says, Salt. Yeah. Like, what the f... That was a weird scene. It's like... Why did we completely... need to be explained that that's salt? Because so you know it was so snow. So we know it's not snow. I yeah, guess. it's exact. And that's... I see that a lot of a lot of people saying that online is like, 
oh, at least it's not just a retread of, of Empire Strikes Back. But like, it was. But it was. I know. You had the walkers. You had the speeders. You had... The only thing they didn't do was wrap their, like, strings around the, the legs, but... Well, you have the big... The, what's the biggest part of, of Empire? You find out that Vader is, is Luke's father. Yeah. And the big reveal in this one is... Her father, or her parent, Ray's parents are nobody. Or at yeah, least, if matter. you believe what Kylo says, and that's another thing. Yeah, the uh, unreliable narrator that Kylo Ren is. See, and that's what I guess that's where I, I, we differ because I would say that Kylo doesn't lie to Ray throughout both both two movies. So, and there's a th- you know there's there's the the saying out there that like uh, the villains you rarely ever lie, like because they don't need to. They're already villains. Mm-hmm. So. I would say that he he might be telling the truth. I don't know. Who knows? I, Certainly not. Probably J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams probably knows. But yeah, I mean, and we talked about that earlier. That's more of a, hey, you know how you guys were all super excited and trying to had all these theories about who's who's raised parents? Oh, fuck you! Like there were so many fuck you moments <laughs> oh, to the audience no, yeah, members. Th- that the, the this movie was one big fuck you after another, and the first one that I really noticed, besides. Uh, the opening sequence I mentioned earlier that was like Thor Ragnarok with yeah. one of the main protagonists clowning on this villain that's trying to tell him about how doom is going to come to them. Mm-hmm. And he's making jokes about how he can't hear him as a distraction ploy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, what is happening? And then, okay, so going back to the whole, you know, the movie picks up also with Ray coming across Luke. Okay, so The Force Awakens ends with this really kind of poignant moment of Rey approaching Luke. Luke looking like, oh my God, like you, somebody found me and they're holding my father's lightsaber. Like, what does this all mean? Like, it just feels, it feels really profound at the end of The Force it Awakens. It really does. It feels like there's weight to it. And what does he do? He grabs it and throws it over the ledge. Like, he, he doesn't t- give a fuck. He takes the lightsaber like, oh, this thing, throws it over his shoulder and walks away. And the look of what the fuck on Daisy Ridley's face, or, well, Ray's character's face, could not have mimicked my own anymore. I was just in disbelief. And so I was trying to keep my expectations tempered, but at that point I was like, this is not a movie for me. But then the, then the movie turns, the, the, their whole part of the movie turns into to Luke and Dagobah, get, learning from Yoda how to, to be a yeah. Jedi, and that's what he's teaching her and stuff but like that. But I'll have to say this, you never saw Yoda milking some space walrus's tits. And to, that was like, the weirdest, like, hey, all right, now we know what blue milk looks like. <laughs> awesome. You know, that's, it's the most random shit. Like, just thrown in there for whatever reason. And porgs are literally just a marketing ploy. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> I got, I get it. You show them in one scene to be like, "Hey, there's the new thing. This is the toy that you're gonna want to be buying for your kids this Christmas." But did they have to be in every scene that happened on that island? And did they have any purpose in the plot? None. But yet we get to see them over and over in the in the Millennium Falcon now. We and get to see them reacting to things and flying around the cockpit. We get to see them build the nest inside the Falcon for some reason. I think, uh, yeah, and then I mean, the the weird scene of Chewbacca eating one because he's a fucking living carnivore? being that likes to eat things, and uh, now we gotta feel bad for it. It's like all the sad faces of like you're eating our brother or something like that that the porks are making. So we're we not supposed to eat chicken now. I, I guess Chewbacca's I like. I mean, and there's no mystery that Chewbacca likes to eat meat. I mean, that got them caught on Endor when Chewbacca was trying to pick that bait from that Ewok trap. So. 
True, true. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just, it was just a weird thing. And the whole Porgs, I mean, maybe it's just, it's cynical of me to say, but it's just there to sell toys. And yeah, there's, there's no other point. I mean, there's a lot of things. That, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the part when uh, uh, Luke shows up on that planet and he's, uh, and he's just got done using, uh, you know, just for men. Uh, hair dye on his beard and and hair, like it's a Grecian two thousand formula. Is it? I it's like, I don't know. Understand? I didn't understand what they're trying to do with that point of the movie. Like, is it their? Is it their point to be like, hey, we don't, we we just we we clean them up and he used some hair dye and he's actually here, or is it more of this is going to be a surprise that he's not actually here later, but we're not hiding it well. I think that's part of it because there's a couple of things there that really stood out to me. So when Luke appears at the very end, yeah, he looks like he's 10 years younger. It's like when he, when the the whole, when the temple burned down part. Yeah, he looks like he did in the flashbacks. Right. To, uh, and that's another thing. This movie does a lot of very un-Star Wars cinematic things <laughs> like flashbacks within flashbacks and like, those weird visions where you see plants growing at like super speed. Like that's like amateur shit. <laughs> that shouldn't be in a Star Wars movie. But hey man, Star Wars movies use the fucking wipes. Okay. That was out of necessity though. That became a part of its style. That, that became part of the visual language of Star Wars. And for that, I give it a pass and only for that reason. But this thing started doing shit. That's like, this doesn't belong in this kind of movie. We're doing some like inception shit in this movie. <laughs> So, that being said, so the reason now, and I kind of hate myself for giving the movie too much credit, but I feel like what the movie was trying to do is present Luke in the way that Kylo Ren last remembered him, because that's the way he would have seen him, okay, as in his vision, which Fair is enough. exactly what that was. And the moment I knew something was wrong was when he whipped out a lightsaber, and it was the blue saber that was previously destroyed in that confrontation with uh, with Snoke. And he's also wearing the outfit that he wore at the end of Empire, like kind of with the black and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it was or is that, a is bit that more like Return of the Jedi. Jedi. Sorry, I'm sorry, Red yeah. Jedi. It's kind of black with some brown trim and stuff on it. Yeah, so it was very different from what he was wearing in um, in uh, whatever Octu, whatever that whatever other that island planet, planet he was with his weird little so force maids. At the end of it, he dies. Luke dies. Basically, yeah. How and he doesn't. He dies only because he overexerted himself or whatever. Whatever the Jedi fucking reason for him dying is, he overexerted himself. He's an old man. He he died. He just used too much force. However, however, and this is where I I, I keep with there's no stakes in this movie. We have a whole middle section of the movie where he is talking to dead Yoda, like having full on conversations and you know all this other stuff. Yes. In the previous movies, Force goes through a thing. I understand. But if Luke is dead, but he's so powerful with the Force, he can come back at any time and talk to Rey whenever he wants. Is he really dead? No. His character's still going to be around. It's still going it, to... The, there's no ramifications of his death. Well, unless he comes back all goofy like CGI puppet Yoda. They didn't even do that right. They could have done CGI or puppet, but they did a CGI puppet, and it looks horrible. Look, 
have the, has anybody been okay with what Yoda has looked like since the original trilogy? Like, it, it seems like this the whole Yoda thing comes up over and over and over again of he doesn't look good. I thought he looked a lot better in episode two and three. I like when he, he when he has the fight scene with Count Dooku? Well, they suffer that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, like Yoda looked pretty ridiculous in episode one. And I think in one of the later editions on Blu-ray, they CGI'd him up. So he looked more uniform. Uh huh. But yeah, episode one, Yoda was still a puppet and it was a horrible looking puppet. <laughs> I don't understand how puppet technology has gone backwards. Look, it, where he looked good in the eighties. It's fucking Yoda, dude. I don't. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what's. That's different. true, though. Puppet technology has gotten increasingly worse. The first Ninja Turtle movie looked incredible, and then they got increasingly more fake looking as they went along. As is it the Uncanny Valley? Is that is that what it is? It's like it it just looks worse as they. Put in more like mechanics and motorization in the faces. The more detail, I guess. Yeah, the more realistic. I really think they just got cheaper and cheaper, to be honest. But there's Look, no excuse for I'm Yoda. Not, I'm not arguing anything about Yoda. I'm just saying that Yoda showed up. He has full-on conversations. Luke is obviously very powerful. Yoda makes a fucking lightning appear and hit the goddamn temple or place that that's housing the the jedi books the tree the tree yeah knowledge so if he can do that after being dead luke can still affect things while he's dead it just it doesn't make a difference if he's dead or not yeah i'd like to think that he just had a really really powerful case of gas and that made him just like (laughs) transcend into like the force i I wouldn't doubt it because that's what it looked like it looked the it was it was very strange his his passing like (laughs) It's just like what? So, and and the one one of the one of the only other significant non significant deaths in this movie is Snoke, someone that we're supposed to be so afraid of from the first or from Force Awakens. He's obvious. He shows off his massive power when he's taking on Kylo he's or, or reprimanding powerful, Kylo. Yeah. Uh, when he reprim- when he when he's fucking around with Ray, and then he can't predict he can't see that kylo is about to kill him yes i know i you're all screaming at me right now he kylo was doing the same thing with his lightsaber that he was also doing with the lightsaber that's over by snoke at the same time to mask the the his thoughts but really he he, snoke couldn't decipher that he's supposed to be all powerful and shit and we're we're now are we not going to get to know anything about snoke's backstory right what was the point of introducing this character if it was going to come to nothing? Which then makes me think, so the whole dynamic between uh, Ren and uh, Hux, like in the first, in Force Awakens, Hux like doesn't deal with any of Kylo Ren's shit. Like he's like, you're an idiot and, you know, totally like plays him off all the time. And uh, to me... I always thought, well, that means that must mean that he has something on Ren, like he or he has a way of keeping Kylo in check. But apparently, it was just Snoke. Snoke was the was the thing keeping him in check because how can you sit there and and berate the guy that can literally crush your throat from across the room? Now, I did like that Snoke kind of uh, made fun of Kylo Ren's helmet. <laughs> Because it's dumb. I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, wait a minute. So that mask was a choice? Yes. Vader wears it because he has to. Kylo does it because he thinks he's honoring his grandfather some way. 
I love how he then destroyed it in like a fit of like embarrassed anger. Yeah, a I'm tantrum, like, just like he threw in Force Awakens. Excellent child. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, uh, it it does so many things wrong, and yeah, it it, there's so many moments of force humor. Like you can even hear the music is not is 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 being played for ominous tones and like for serious moments, and then they just throw in a, a force joke for like no goddamn reason. And then when the movie does try to be profound, it's just confusing. And then now, now, now is there going to be like this, this new like, oh, what, what about the fucking Guillermo? Not Guillermo, Benicio del Toro's character. Like, is he somebody? Is uh, he someone cool? Fuck that. Probably character. not. He's just gonna. No. He's gonna be. He's gone now. He, he was. He was essentially the Lando of this episode. Oh but, wait, wait. I, but this isn't supposed to be like Empire. They're not supposed to. It's not supposed to be the same. It's not supposed to. <laughs> I know. Look, I, 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 something good about this movie. What, what did you enjoy? I, I can't. I can't sit here and just keep bashing. I mean, I, I don't know. It had good effects, actually. The sequence where uh, whatever Laura Dern's character's uh, purple-haired chick, which on a side note, the other officer, who was kind of like a blonde lady with short curly hair and a really big nose, I was really debating with myself if she was supposed to be a human with just a big nose or an alien and that was her normal face <laughs> you're not talking about carrie fisher's daughter right no no not billy lord or whatever that chick's name is no there was like an older lady uh kind of always hanging around with the other purple haired uh, oh okay lord i think i know who you're talking about yeah like i was kind of thinking like is she supposed to be some kind of bird alien humanoid or is that just a human with a big nose <laughs> Maybe. I don't I know. I kind of bad about that. So, but you brought up Laura Dern, and I'd probably say that's probably the only part that I liked about this movie was her character. Like, I really enjoyed her character. I, I liked what she brought. But then, once again, she's introduced in this movie and killed off in this movie. It's like, yeah. it's... Although it was a really cool uh, sequence where she flies her ship at light speed into the enemy that ship. That was pretty fucking cool. That was pretty awesome, yeah. And, and that's the problem with this movie. If you were to break down this movie into just little snippets here and there, like if you only saw that as a clip, or if you only saw the clip of Kylo and Rey uh, working together to f- defeat all the Praetorian guards, who I'm assuming are replacements for the Knights of Ren, who are being completely like dismissed. Like we don't know anything more about the Knights of Ren, or if they're even still around. Who knows? I yeah. L- um, look at uh, okay. Uh, Rose, I didn't care about Rose. Yeah, that was totally wasted. The whole like she, she kind of reminded me of like a wannabe Kaylee. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And then the whole eight minute sequence with her sister as her sister's dying, trying to release the bombs. Like I really felt like the sister could have got up and went up the stair, the ladder, and got the stupid fucking controller. Be- from the amount of time she took her to sit there and keep banging on the side of it, the, sa- the side of the ladder to get the thing to fall over. Like, it made absolutely no sense for her to keep doing that. Yeah, that whole sequence reminded me too much of the Matrix Revolutions, I think, where all the good guy characters were just doing these crazy, sacrificial, but yet ultimately kind of dumb decisions. Yeah. Um, the, the guard around Snoke, when Kylo and uh, uh, Rey end up having to fight them, like, I was a really, I mean... These are supposed to be the top guards, right? They yeah. all, they all have really cool fucking weapons, but 
they did almost absolutely nothing to those those two characters. Were they robots or were they humans? I have no clue. We don't know anything about the Praetorian Guards. They've the, never been mentioned until now. And I really feel like the only reason why they each all have different type of weapons is so that you can later find out which star was which cameo of one of those characters. I was going to say so that they have different like variations of the same toy they can sell. Oh, that, that, that too. But, you know, because that's, that's the other thing about these movies now. It's like... Oh, you know, so and so star was made a cameo, but you didn't get to see their face. But they were in the movie at this oh, yeah. point. Like so. Prince Harry and Prince William were in there supposedly, and a bunch of other people. And like, I yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the alien that ratted out Finn and Rose on the gambling, the casino planet, the one that turned them into the to the cops. He was underneath that mask. I don't even remember what that alien looked like. Not really. He's kind of got like a weird, like hammerhead looking. Head, I just I think. figured I that. They got pulled by security because they stood out from all the rich people because they were dressed like peasants. Yeah. <laughs> they were all ratty and dirty, and all these other people were like high class wearing suits and tuxedos and whatever the equivalent of Star Wars tuxedos are. And they're just walking around like so, answer hobos. Me, answer me one question Did Benicio del Toro's character actually pick the lock, or did they just open up that door because he had already warned them beforehand that they were coming? You know, I think it could be either way. Because, I mean, because the whole thing of Maz was like, you need to get this one guy because he's important. He's the only one that could break that code. But they then you have Benicio. Yeah, they don't get that guy. Benicio Del Toro ends up breaking the code. But did he break the code? I have no fucking clue. Well, I mean, he opened the door somehow, but they get caught right away. So ultimately, what does it really matter? It and then he ends up selling them out, which I figured, why wouldn't they just kill him too why oh because you know the empire is all about keeping their or i'm sorry not the empire the first order is all about keeping their word yeah but you know giving credit where credit's due i suppose i don't know this oh, ugh, i already okay. then, i don't even think it's clear if he survives or not like does he get blown up in the i thought when that atst walker starts shooting at all the guards and stuff that that was him but no, I thought it was, was going to be two. It was BB-8 that somehow rolled into it, <laughs> took control of it, and then dropped the shielding around it so you could see it was him. There was another another kind of funny big F you to the, to the audience it was uh, throwing the trash can on top of BB-8 and be like, see, this is what your stupid droids are. They're just overturned trash cans. This, yeah. this is what you think is cool. Basically, yeah. And, and and we're the idiots that keep paying to go see this shit. And this movie's making buku bucks, so it has. There's gonna be another what, one where two hundred and twenty million in its opening it. weekend. God, that's brutal. All right, so episode I, I don't know if there's more I mean we could probably talk we, for another we hour. Keep going. Yeah, but I, I I'm gonna cut it there. Uh what do you expect for episode nine at this point? You know JJ Abrams is coming back. He's coming back to finish off the trilogy that he started. I was joking earlier about Finn waking up from a coma and all of this never happened. I, at this point, that could be the plot of the next movie and it wouldn't be any more out of place than any of the shit that happened now. I mean, you got some interesting cosplay ideas out of this movie, at least. Like, now you can go dressed as leaking bag Finn. You know, that would be something you could do at cosplays or, you know, fan events. I will not, I do not want to have to be next to that, that <laughs> cosplayer. That's going to be terrible. Is like squirting your fluids. Also, uh, and as we know, Ryan Johnson is also in charge of a new trilogy for Star Wars that is not going to be involved with the 
Skywalker saga or however you want to call it. I don't know. Are you excited for that trilogy? I might whatever, watch it. Whatever it's going to be. I might watch it when it comes to video. But if it's not on Netflix, I probably won't see it. So. Well, it wouldn't be on Netflix. It would be on Disney oh, yeah, streaming service. it would be on Disney streaming service. Well, if Disney keeps going the way they are and they buy out Netflix and all the other streaming services, then we'll just all be under the umbrella of the mouse. Hey, if we all start taking, you know, happy Honestly, pills and stuff like that. I'm we... convinced there's no such thing as a shadow government anymore. It's really just Disney pulling its strings on everything. Hey, don't count out, don't count out Coke, man. They, they're a pretty big conglomerate, too. I think Disney could take them. I don't know. That's a lot of sh- that's a lot of people addicted to sugar and caffeine. This is true. <laughs> but if the franchise wars that were prophesied in uh, in Demolition Man ever take place, I think I'm going to put money on Disney. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, there you go, folks. There is what we had to say about Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I'd like to point out. I feel like we didn't really say much. But that would actually fall in line with the actual with movie. With the actual anyway. movie, yes. The actual movie doesn't actually say much either. Yep. Nothing. Ugh. Okay. I'm waiting. I, I can't wait to hear what everybody else has to say to us about this. So uh, you want to get a hold of me and yell at me about my opinion, you can find me on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. John's also on Twitter. You know, don't don't treat him too harshly. He's one of you. So I am at Magic Bollocks. I am the self-professed uh, Star Wars fan of uh, at least in the room right now. Hey, he he corrected me on all the things that I thought wrong about Rogue One when that came out. <laughs> so I'm he he knows his stuff. Yes, they're not pens. They're data cylinders. They're, they're data cylinders. But if anybody out there can can tell me how I'm wrong and how this movie is actually good, because. If the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are to be believed, there's the majority out there is believing that this is a good movie. Well, the critics are saying it's a good movie. The audience is is half and half. The audience meter on there is is about fifty three. Last time I saw, that's that's too evenly though down the thing. I I think even Force Awakens was higher rated than that, and that's yeah, bad considering that even- was a giant nostalgia bomb. That was like everybody coming like, yes, I remember the old Star Wars and I love that. So this is a great thing. Well, it was a promising start to a new trilogy where you had to course correct because of what the prequels did. Whether you like the prequels or not. At least the prequels tried to do something different. That's all I have to say. This is true. I will not fault them. And like I said, this movie has made me look back on the prequels with a bit more kindness in my heart. (laughs) Because I'm like, at least he had a vision. It might have not been a great vision, but it was a vision and it was doing something different. It was, it was expanding the world. Rehashing, yeah. yeah. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio, as I've been saying, backslash, I guess, and I'm wrong, but it's forward slash uh, for our Facebook page. And uh, Geek Elite Radio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this, of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek Geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.